I direct you tonight in God's Word to Romans chapter 8, in my humble estimation, one of the great, great chapters in God's Word. May I suggest that this is a chapter we do well to read often, to read often. There are some verses in there that we do well to memorize and to meditate on some exceptional and amazing spiritual truths found in Romans chapter 8. One of them is this, that we as Christians are more than conquerors through the one who loves us and loved us. That's verse 37, but I want to read verses 35 through 39 of Romans chapter 8. Hear the word of God. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword, as it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, nor any powers, neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Thus far, the reading from God's Word. Dear people of God, as I begin tonight, it could well be that you are presently on some vitamin supplement routine. You have yours, I have mine. It could be that that you have a certain exercise routine that you do daily or several times weekly, you have yours and I have mine. I suspect for some here, you have a regular appointment at maybe a chiropractor or a wellness center to get an adjustment so that, that you can function as well as possible. Maybe you're on some kind of a diet program for weight purposes, or whatever. Maybe it's a pill for this. Maybe it's a pill for that. I want to say tonight, if we are Christians, I believe, as I already indicated, we do well to visit Romans chapter 8 again and again and again and again for what I call a faith lift, a faith lift, to have the joy and the victory of the Christian faith, capture our minds once again. Fill our hearts once again. Brighten our days once again. Romans 8 can do that and will do that. Let me just mention Romans chapter 8. I see three themes in this chapter. The opening verses, there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. That no condemnation theme no condemnation to those who are in Christ. That's the way the chapter begins. Then it kind of moves into what I call a no-defeat theme as Christians. The Holy Spirit of God lives within us. Strong are the forces that we have to deal with, but greater is the one who lives in us than the one who lives in the world. Amen? Amen. So no defeat for the Christian. And then you come to the closing 
verses of the chapter, and there's that no separation thought or theme. We are more than conquerors through the one who loved us, through Christ. That precious promise is couched between two verses that tell us that there is no one or there's nothing in this world that will ever separate, ever be able to separate us from the love of God. God cannot in his love be separated from his children, his deep and abiding love for his people. And that is ever so good to know. But if you have your outline before you tonight, I want from this scripture, first of all, to have us recognize the afflictions, the considerable afflictions that Christians must deal with. That's in verses 35 and 36. And then the assurance that we have, that controlling assurance, no matter what happens, that's in verse 37, our text. And then what can be and should be our confident assertion and testimony, that's verses 38 and 39. <clears throat> but let me begin by saying that Christians in this present age or in this world setting are those who have to deal with afflictions and hardships and sufferings. The things mentioned there in verse 35, persecution, famine, nakedness implying some severe poverty, danger, maybe these things seem quite foreign to us and to our life situation. We worship so freely tonight. Persecution? We hardly know what that's like. And having little in terms of food, hmm, our fridges are full. We can hardly find place sometimes. And through the canning season and the freezing season, some people had to buy an extra freezer. There's just an abundance of food. And clothing, oh my. Used to be we had small closets. Now they have these walk-in ones. And they're filled. Many people cannot even find a hanger. They've got such an abundance of clothing. Persecution, famine, nakedness. Yes, these things seem so strange to us, but for many people living in our world, particularly third world countries, that is so very, very real what's spoken of here. In fact, I took along this magazine. I received a copy again this week, Voice of the Martyrs. I get a copy every month. I need to read this because I live a pretty protected, sheltered, privileged life here. This copy is on Mexico every time a different country is highlighted. What life is like there for a child of God today. Unbelievable. Persecution. Famine. Nakedness. Sword or danger. But for ourselves, however rich our faith, however close our walk with God, we are not immune from problems, from pain, from happenings that happen that can crush our spirit and cause such deep hurt to our hearts. When I reflect back on my many years of pastoral ministry, I still remember a couple of children who died. They call it SIDS death, sudden infant death syndrome, not knowing exactly the cause, but Oh, the grief and the pain of a child who is well one day and not living the next day. So much suffering connected with that. 
And then I remember couples who got married and, and they wanted a baby. And the mother could not get pregnant, the wife. Kind of a modern day Hannah. They prayed and they prayed and it didn't happen. And oh, the pain caused by that. And then finally sometimes pregnancy did occur and there was euphoric rejoicing and, and then after a time there was that miscarriage. And oh my goodness, they hit the depths once again. So painful. And then there were some precious saints who became widowed, seemingly too early in life. So much loneliness. So much loneliness. And others who remained single, they never became married. And that was not by choice, but that was a reality too. And then there was those who struggled with disease, some a terminal disease. It robbed some people of their dignity. And then there was that nagging, what shall I call it? The Bible calls it a thorn in the flesh. Maybe not publicly known, but it, it's so restricted and limited, a person's ability to enjoy life, that reality in the life of some saints. And then, and then, yes, there was the agony that was caused by a prodigal son or daughter who drifted, who didn't own the faith, maybe rejecting the training of their parents in their church, or the burden carried by children of a parent who was unsaved. We mentioned tonight the burden of a husband whose wife is yet unsaved. And I could go on, I could go on. When we read in Romans chapter 8, the quote from Psalm 44, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. It's a reminder that, that real suffering has always been a part of the life of God's dear people. Various forms of suffering and hardship will always be the case this side, this side of glory. And in this regard, I must say that I've listened on radio and television, to some of what they call these health and wealth preachers who make their promises and make their claims. And I, as I listen, I become very disturbed. And I say, on what basis, on what basis, what scriptural basis can you make the claim and draw the conclusion that God's dear children can live immune from suffering in this world? That they can be lifted above it or that if their faith were only a bit stronger, if they would only pray a bit more, then, then all of their problems would fade and disappear. On what basis, scripturally, can you make that claim? Where in the world does it say that in God's word? My dear friends, suffering is not imaginary. It is real for God's precious saints too. Considerable affliction for some. For some very considerable affliction. Maybe for you. Or when you know. But let's move on to the assurance that this scripture gives us. What is it? 
The question is asked, verse 35, who or what shall separate us from the love of Christ? And then some possible separators are there mentioned, and Paul responds, verse 37, no, in all these things, namely um, the things that were mentioned, we are more than conquerors to the one who loved us, to the one who loved us. And loved us here, when he uses that expression, um, he's referring to something that has already happened, the way Christ has, or God has proved his love for us in Christ, who came from heaven, who went to the cross there to die for our sins and to bring us salvation. He loved us in this way, God did, Jesus did. He loved us to this degree to lay down his life and sacrifice so that we could be brought from death to life. And he having loved us in this way, to this degree, we can now be assured, assured, that he will love us always, always. His love is deep. It is inseparable, inseparable. You know, Satan is the author of evil. And through the evil happenings that happen, especially to God's children, he's always hopeful that this may, may ruin and ravage their faith and, and lead them away from God. You know, Satan was convinced with Job. You know the Job story. When he was afflicted, when everything that could possibly go wrong went wrong, he lost all of his possessions and he lost his wealth and he lost his health. He lost his family. Satan thought, surely, surely now Satan will no longer love you, God. He will curse you to your face. He will no longer worship you. But that is not the case. You read in Job 1 that at the end of a terrible, terrible day, Job worshiped God. He says, naked I came from my mother's womb. Naked will I return. The Lord gave, the Lord has taken away May the name of the Lord be praised. I will continue to bless the name of God. Amazing, amazing. And I'm thinking of Paul and Silas doing the work of God, preaching the gospel fearlessly. Resistance, persecution, and they were put in jail. Remember Acts 16. And the expectation was that they would be despondent, discouraged, being in stocks there. But you know the story. Paul and Silas singing hymns of praise to God at night, counting it an honor to suffer for him. They were, you see, more than conquerors, more than conquerors. That expression, more than a conqueror, it's a single word, really, in the Greek language. It's the word nikao, the word from which we get the word Nike, Nike. It means victor or conqueror, overcomer. You know, people like to wear certain shoes or certain hats with that Nike sign on or, or certain clothing to give that message when they're in competition that I'm more than a conqueror, I can defeat. Sadly, this was also the name of one of the pagan Greek goddesses who believed that she had the power to bring victory, victory to people out of any defeat. Nike. Well, when the going gets rough, 
we don't look to any pagan goddess. When afflictions descend, we certainly don't find the secret to victory in wearing a certain brand of shoes or a certain hat or, or certain clothing. We find the secret in being more than an overcomer, more than a conqueror, in the one who loved us, the one who loves us, our controlling assurance. And by controlling assurance there, I mean the assurance that rules or regulates us. Our assurance is that we can cope with any situation. We can make it through any day, however hard, with God's help and not be overcome. We can find peace and victory even in suffering, even in suffering. In this regard, I read an account of a prisoner, a Christian saint who's behind the Iron Curtain, spent a long period of time in an unbelievably God-forsaken cell there. No person should have survived that. The conditions were awful, just awful. But by the grace of God, and only by the grace of God, he did survive, and he was released. And you know what I read? That this Christian saint, when released, he knelt down by the steps of his cell, and he kissed the pavement, kissed the pavement. He worshiped with tears of joy and thanked God for those sweet moments of fellowship that they experienced in that awful, awful cell. You see, that cell could not separate this saint from God, or God would not be separated from this cell, no matter what the conditions. He experienced the love of God in the most wonderful way in that awful place. And so I suspect maybe another saint on a hospital bed in much pain. Not a pleasant situation, but God is there. God is there. Or maybe a saint who lives in a widowed home all by himself or herself. Not the envy, but God is there. Somebody who's in a foreign country, far separated from, from home, from family. Through pain, through sorrow, through loneliness, the arms of God, the embrace of God, the love of God is felt by people as never before, even in such situations. The Christian, you see, is more than a survivor of suffering. He or she is a conqueror, a conqueror through the one who loves and loved that one. The Christian's confident assertion, a confident assertion is this. Listen to Paul, verse 38. I am convinced, absolutely convinced that neither death nor life I'm convinced that neither angels nor demons, I'm convinced that neither the present nor the future, neither height nor depth, I'm convinced that nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us, separate me from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Dear friends, I've heard many beautiful and powerful, touching personal testimonies. 
But no testimony more touching, more beautiful, more precious than the closing verses of Romans chapter 8. The question tonight, is that your testimony? Is that your assurance, your joy? If you are a Christian, a child of God, please understand, you are amazingly blessed. You have good news not only to believe, but good news that's intended to put a smile on your face, a song in your heart, and a bit of a skip in your step as you live in this world. And if a person's not a believer, if there's anyone hearing my voice who's not yet a believer in Jesus, I cannot imagine you not wishing to become one. If not a Christian, please read Romans chapter 8 and invite this amazing Christ into your heart and into your life. Join me in prayer. More than conquerors are we, more than conquerors, through the one who loved us and who loves us. Oh God, may that be our confident assertion, our testimony, our joy. Oh God, we admit strong are the forces in our world that would seek to ruin our faith, that would seek to separate us from you. Thank you tonight again for a love that is so strong, your love for us, that all the attempts of the enemy to end our relationship with you will prove, prove futile. Oh God, establish us through Romans chapter 8 ever more securely in your love and in your embrace. And if there's a saint here tonight or listening who's struggling, reach out to that one, oh God, and embrace that one warmly in your inseparable and deep love. And if there is a sinner yet unsaved, hearing my voice, oh God, open the door of your kingdom to receive such a one so that that person too can live in our world in a new way as more than a conqueror in Christ. My prayer in Christ's name. Amen.